1: Gonna, so we're gonna lean in here so uh, for again a lot of the people we are really encouraging you guys to join the designing community uh, designing genius community you get to hear what we're reading what we're watching uh, what's going on and I I am I'm so ready Randy to dive into what I have been watching and reading um, and I cannot wait to see what you're doing because you dropped a nugget last week which we got a lot oh, of people I got a dropping- nugget
2: so, okay, so I've got some, I mean, here's what's funny. You know, I wonder what they'll be obsessed with this week. Oh my God, we're obsessed every week. Let's face it. Part of who I think makes us us is we become obsessed with kind of what's on the table on a yeah. regular basis. I mean, we dive into it. We dissect it. We try to understand it. You know, if it's a guest, we talk to it.
0: Exactly.
2: So obsession is part of who we are. Okay, first, I'm obsessed with, Lies My Mother Told Me by Melissa Rivers.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That's that's a good one. You know, and, and she doesn't get the credit that she does. So I actually, her mother um, really walked into my life at a very, very important time um, where I thought I was going to quit. I mean, the, the road for me, again, I'm older than dirt. So, you know, being a CEO.
2: Me, so you need to stop that right now. <laughs>
1: being a ceo earlier in my career as a female i was struggling i was really really struggling and um joan grabbed me and she said amelia don't let the bastards get you down just you you have to just buckle up girl and keep on going and she really gave me that lift that i needed and her daughter is god she's really has a little bit of everything—the wit, the intelligence—she really gets overlooked, and I'm so glad you're talking about that book because it's—it's it's genius. It's a—it's a great book.
2: Okay, you hit on so many things. Just quickly, Melissa is the first guest of my season five of Joan's Show, which is oh, That's awesome. That's said. Joan was always worried that Melissa was never going to get the credit she deserved, mm-hmm. which is what you just said, and I actually asked Melissa because this is fiction. This is based on,
1: yeah, sort of fiction.
2: Well, inspired by, but I said, Melissa, are you willing to accept the fact that you are funny? And she was willing to accept that and acknowledge. She's her very funny. And own very, her- actually, the better word is she's witty. She is witty, she's witty. and it's prior, It's like her dad. She said it's more like her dad, but I'm just, I'm, I'm, and I, I, the other thing I will say to you, and I gave her the list of the people who've come on my show who. Independently of each other, have shouted out to Joan, such as you, about something Joan had said to Mm -hmm. them or for them that changed their life. And it's happened with Joan Rivers more than anybody, absolutely more than anybody. Well, because
1: you got to remember, there wasn't that many out there, right? When I started, really, there was, there was, again, there was Whoopi Goldberg, there was Joan Rivers, and there was Barbara Walters. And I knew. I, at the time, I was like, I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to be a, a journalist or I, right? And I knew for sure I wasn't. But funny. Barbara's
2: stand up was great. Barbara's stand up was awesome. I mean, sure, I'm being sarcastic, you're supposed to be laughing at that. I
1: am laughing. You, I am, I am no, laughing, you're, right? You're, yeah, me a, I,
2: you're trying to be funny, look, is what you're. Like, <laughs> don't, don't. Well, I,
1: but, but it what? but again, you know, the the women who were available that I could see. I was very tenacious about hunting them down because I didn't know, I had a lot of amazing, incredible male colleagues. So, you know, kudos for all of them who have really kind of helped groom me along the way. But I was seeking women. I was like, listen, I'm struggling. I'm a single mom, I'm on the road, I'm building a business. You know, I was, I needed that fuel. And Joan was somebody who would tap me on the shoulder and really in her own way, yes, you can, rush, you can. She was like, big girl panties on get your get out there you know i was like ah you know so i i loved her ability to motivate by using herself as the butt of the joke you know i mean it just was a a talent
2: her own experience and how hard she had to try and what she had to go through to be i mean literally being the leader you know that's
1: (laughs) and i remember saying that to her i was like i was saying something like you know oh my gosh you know, I've been on the road for you know it was like twenty some odd weeks. You know, and she's like, "Girl, I am on the road. I am the road." You know, she because she was on the road constantly, right, to come up over those hurdles. So I actually, I I love that. I love that she's going to open up your season. That's that's fantastic. Oh,
2: what a joy! What a joy! Okay, the second thing I'm obsessed with isn't new. It's like fifteen. You know how these things, these shows, run on TV forever, and you don't even know they're around. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I want to know if you've seen this. By the way, you all, M- M- Amelia and I, don't talk about our obsessions in advance. No. Well, unless we're obsessed about the same thing at the same time, which yes. can happen. But we, we never know what it's going to be. I somebody offered to introduce me to one of the hosts of a show that's been on, I guess, Lifetime for like 15 years. Married at first sight. It's exactly that's the best what, show. What? That's the best show, it's amazing. I could not, I mean, Amelia, they, professionals choose the matches. They meet at the altar at their wedding. They meet at the altar at their wedding. Somebody said, I offered to introduce me to the pastor, Pastor Calvin Robertson you know, offered to try to make that introduction to have him on my show and I'm like, hell yes. Oh my Absolutely. God. Absolutely. Absolutely. Fast and I married at first. You, I know you haven't seen it. Have you even heard of it?
1: No, no, nope. Mm-mm. Doesn't even sound, nope, Not nope. Doesn't even sound like something I would be attracted yeah. to because I, I can't process it in my head. neither, that just
3: sounds
2: scary.
1: <laughs> right? I mean, the well, control freak in me is screaming, what? <laughs>
2: it's crazy i mean i haven't watched much yet but just the fact that it it happens at all and has been going on for 15 years and i haven't been i haven't spent enough time with it to know how many of these relationships actually last but just the fact that people here's the thing (laughs)
1: right randy the odds are probably the average i mean i'm sure that method is 50 50 but us picking our own is 50-50. So, you know, it's not doing better, or any worse than we're doing on our own. So, you know what, kudos to them. They've lasted 15 years. That's more than most relationships.
3: Right, and <laughs> think, keep in mind that, you know, there's those arranged marriages in certain cultures as well that they only meet for the first time and then bam, they're married. So, yeah, well, yeah That uh, sounds was, interesting and scary at the same time. Uh, Tony, how did
2: your arranged marriage work out? <laughs> hey, it's working out just fine. <laughs> well, that's good because how else are we can get somebody to marry you? Yeah, I did that. I- <laughs> Yeah, listen, okay, so I, I definitely played up.
1: I have to share my obsession because I dragged people into this with me. So at first I've got to give credit where credit is due, because it's my 15-year-old daughter that seems to always expose me to something that I would absolutely like. Songs and bands and books and TV shows that I would never, never would creep on my radar, mm-hmm. right? But I am a a junkie for be- anything to do with behavior. Anything to do with behavior, you've got me hooked. So she introduced me to Sandman, which is on Netflix, um, which I got absolutely compulsive over because anything that has to do with the fact of the creative industry who gave uh, created characters over the things that influence humans. And what I mean by that is if you go back in Greek mythology, right back in the time, they created stories of like, why does the sun rise and why does this happen? Well, these cast of characters created the role of dreams and the role of nightmares and the role for ego and the role for greed. So the, the Sandman is all about these brothers and sisters that rule for humans' dreams nightmares right and so i was fascinated as it on the the premise basically says if you remove any of these things mankind crumbles right because mankind must have dreams and the role that dreams play but also the roles that nightmares play and you see sibling rivalry between Dreams and nightmares and death is in there, right? These are all brothers and sister characters. Um, and you see the importance that they play. So of course I was like I dragged everybody else I knew into this. I'm like, you gotta watch this Netflix like, series, Sandman. Who else has watched it? Um who up here on stage, who else has been got bitten by the bug because I've been I'm in shitter chattering about it or whatever, Sandman. I did. Really? Yeah,
4: right, Amelia did.
3: Amelia Patricia made me watch the first episode last night. So now I know where it came from. It was interesting.
5: <laughs> Thank you, Scott. Right? And, <laughs>
1: and you gotta get, so I, I didn't really, like the first two episodes, I was like, I don't understand what's going on here, right? Because again, the younger generation, because they game, right? Because they play, it was I can't remember, the one that she loves so much, the games, they're used to these characters Right, and and that that they're they're if you gamify, then then episode one will make sense for you. for me because I'm not a gamer. It took me until I got into the third episode that I started to see the family of death and dreams and night. I was like, oh 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 oh, I get it now, right? I I can't, now I get it. In. And and that's the same context that you'll see if you if you watch the movie The Seven Deadly Sins and stuff like that. The, the characters. Are actually either than temptation or the thing that's represented in humankind. So it was interesting to see the role. But what I loved was the creativity of how important dreams are. Remember, dreams are linked to hope, and without hope, society dies. Right? We must. We we need hope in order to survive. Um, and so I found it fascinating scott because again you and are are wired you're gonna you'll you'll get into it in a couple more episodes but the first one i was like what am i watching what is what is going on here because it felt like i was just entering hell i'm like okay i'm watching a movie about hell
3: and yeah i'm glad you i'm glad you said that because i after that first episode i've told patricia i'm like yeah i'm not really sure and she said give it time so if yeah. you
1: yeah.
3: I, i'll keep going and see what happens
1: yeah and, and again it's my awareness, my takeaway was how important dreaming is and how as adults, we forget how, we forget how. And so I started asking questions, do you dream? Do you dream? And so many people go, no, I don't dream I don't remember my dreams. I don't ha- I don't dream and I don't remember my dreams, but yet we know it's a critical part of our growth. It's a critical part. In order for, if we can't dream it, we don't believe it's true. If we don't believe it's true, we can't aspire. We don't aspire, we'll never become, right? It's all really late. So my question to you, Randy, is do you dream?
2: Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I oh crap, I, I cannot, I'm blushing right now, thinking about what I dreamed last night that was gonna be the topic we were going to discuss today and I can not say it. It's that I'm I'm I dreamed our topic for today and <laughs> oh Amelia crazy dreams <clears throat> crazy 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 stuff and and I've actually made a point to try to remember them yeah and there's that all kinds really of really necessary yep. long term but I did have a dream you'll love this two nights ago I remember this I had a dream that because you think I've been on Broadway. I do, and I, I still,
1: I still, I still have that because yeah. that's how I visualize you as on Broadway.
2: Well, I was on Broadway in my dream two nights ago uh, as Mama Rose and Gypsy. <laughs> that was really that was I was very good. I was very very good. I was Mama Rose and Gypsy. Laura Benanti, who won a Tony for playing uh, Louise, and the last Gypsy was once again up there as Louise. Uh, my friend John was Herbie. But yeah, I had I I have crazy wonderful dreams. And for the most part, they're crazy fun.
1: Well, and, and so again, uh, the ability to dream and the ability to remove information from dream in the waking state, right? It's, it's the line between your subconscious and your conscious state, right? The ability to pull information from one area of self into the other area of self. Which there's a lot of people now so there's ten people who agree and ten people who don't agree, because that's how how science kind of works, that the area of the empath actually leaves in a well-developed line between the subconscious and the conscious state. Right? An empath is somebody who can pull sensitivities from the subconscious state into the conscious state. And that and again, if anybody's ever studied Uh, things in empath and all that kind of stuff lives in that area and so i was begging tara and a couple of my other uh empath friends to tell me what their take was on sandman because it's talking about the power of the dream state right that that state of being which there's a lot of behaviors that you can adopt to provoke dreaming but more importantly how to then pull information out of the dream state to the conscious state. So Tara, are you actually there? Yeah, I
4: am. I am. So I, so how well you know me, Amelia? Because when you message me, you're like, you got to watch this. This is so your thing. I watched all 10 and then I put it back to episode one and it made my husband watch it because I've run so many rooms on clubhouse about dreams. I've done like Lolita's workshops and retreats, so our waking state and our dream state coexist together. And the problem is, is that we're so busy in our everyday waking life that we miss the instructions. They show up as allegories, they show up as symbols, they show up as colors, um, structures, buildings, and we just wake up and we wave it off as just a dream. But actually, it's higher self telling you what to focus on, so that you can evolve. And so while I'm Like going through this amazing episode, like Scott, give it time. I promise you, it gets better and better. It's what they're really doing is they're showing up and they're telling you that the only reason why they exist is really to serve us. So they're like a a family unit. They're very dysfunctional, but Dream comes to show you that it isn't Uh, about dysfunctional
1: like my family. Actually, yeah, like my family. family. Actually, I have the same dysfunction going on.
4: Yes, it's okay. It's normal. Yeah. It's normal, but yep. I was just going to say, and then I'll pass it back to Mike. It isn't really about finding purpose outside of your function. The purpose is the function. And so I've won, I've, I've woke up next days and I've kind of, I've learned and taught people how to track their dreams. So you do remember your dreams. It just mm-hmm. takes time. And there's like a method to the madness to doing it. But if you wake up and you actually put all of those little instructions into action, then things start to manifest in your life. And so everybody needs to stop waving it off as just a dream because it's actually a beautiful gift. Gift. and by far Amelia the best episode was the sound of her wings death like it is if anybody is yep. afraid to die ever in life or you have this fear of dying and leaving go watch episode 6 it is absolutely beautiful like I was crying it was beautiful
1: so and here's the other thing that you, you touched on Tara that I want to make sure people understand so there is um, a practice of dream tracking so here's what's interesting that people forget when they start talking about the subconscious mind, right? Because all information of this journey that we're living lives within self, right? All answers live within that we know. And when you're trying to tap into your subconscious to reach your knowing, right? Your knowing without the conscious knowing. Dream tracking, you have to remember that the information doesn't come in order and so that's why journaling is critical i don't know of a highly successful person that doesn't have journaling as part of their practice and the reason why journaling is so important is you have to think about your life as a movie or think about it like a video game right and so if you go through a video game and in the beginning of the game, you don't pick up the tools, then you don't have the tool when you get to the event, right? And so your dream state is about accessing information that you may not need today, but it's preparing you for the need that is coming. That is why as humans, we are designed to always be becoming because we should always be in a state of growth. However, most people flatline between 28 and 32. They just repeat Groundhog Day over and over and over and over again. And so this dream state, I've, since watching Sandman, I have gotten so much more intentional about free riding when I first wake up in the morning, literally free riding that makes absolutely no sense at all. But as I've looked back over the last 14 days of my journaling, although it is completely out of order, you start to see the story of what's unfolding for me in reality. I'm going to pause right there and i'm gonna and hold on and
4: i just before we trail off to somewhere else what you just said is absolutely pivotal in recalling your dreams it's called free association and i think a lot of people immediately give up because they actually start to try and puzzle it together and a lot of it will never make sense that's why you can't unpack it you can't understand it free association is just sitting down and letting the pen flow letting the thoughts don't have to make any sense of it. Just let it flow. Look back in it. Come back two hours later, three hours later. Come back three days and all of a sudden you'll have one of those aha moments. And so I didn't want to like uh, cross over that or brush over that because yeah. that is the key to actually yeah. finding the instructions.
1: And that's my problem, right? I'm a control freak, right? So when I write something, even if I'm making a journal or gratitude or whatever, I want it to mean something. And so when I'm free writing and it's just all over the place, I'm like, well, what does that mean, right? Because I'm always looking for a meaning, which is me, Amelia, being in Amelia's way. I'm in my own way because I want to attach a meaning before the information has unfolded. So again, these are people who are more married to being right than they do to the process, right? Because the, the journey of an entrepreneur or a small business owner is being married to the process not the end result, which is difficult for A-type personalities. We want a reason, but the creative leg is very comfortable in the creative process, which is free-flowing. That's why Randy and I make such a good yin and yang, because I'm I'm trying to root it down, and he's trying to create. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? Well, what does that mean? What is that word? He's like, we're not there yet.
2: Well, I mean, I'm standing here with my mouth open a lot because I'm. Am I broken? I mean, I have really wild dreams, Amelia. I mean, how, how, I really need to know, Tara, how does me being Mama Rose on Broadway and a revival of Gypsy lead into me living a better life? I need to understand this.
6: Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll, um, we'll actually
4: unpack that like offline here because it takes a lot of questions and stuff, but I help people unpack their dreams because a lot of, Things are based on our interpretation and the worst thing you can do, I bought my first dream journal. I've been studying dreams and sleep for probably over two decades now. The worst thing you can do is go buy one of those dream journals because that's somebody else's interpretation. My, my symbol, it shows up as allegories and symbols and colors and they all mean something different to somebody else. But if you start to unpack them and what they mean to you after you've done your free association, you're going to have one of those aha moments. Randy, I promise you.
1: And oh, I that's I, stage I, one, right? So Tara, what you're talking, talk, uh, sorry to interrupt you, ready? Well, no, I'm just
2: fascinated that I, 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 this is blowing me away because I have never given my dreams any thought whatsoever other than the fact that- Well, I, this is what
1: I'm here <laughs> for. So, yeah. here, so here's stage one, okay? This is, again, if you guys are listening, again, you should be pinging people in the room. So the very, you know, I'm always about behavior and the awareness and of course, no shocker, what does it mean, right? Well- Your ability to dream in color tells you something about yourself. If you're heavier on the analytical one plus one equals two, chances are very high you do not dream in color, that when you wake up, you remember a thing or an event, you actually don't remember what it looked like because that part of your brain is underdeveloped highly creative people not only dream beyond facts and things they dream in full color they dream dream in circumstances that are not possible even in my subconscious i am trying to control it so that my dream state is still somewhat controlled meaning that like my daughter would have dreams of having angel wings and you know in the universe like things that that my brain goes well you wouldn't have wings how would you be in the universe what do you mean there was a monkey there monkeys are like that doesn't make any sense to me and so even in my dream state my dreams tend to be in associated boxes right so for me in my dream state there's no monkeys flying that's why i loved the wizard of oz i'm like oh my god monkey's flying who would think about monkey's flying but a highly creative right it helps you find the evidence of where you can develop yourself so one of the first things that i practiced was to allow myself to dream in color and then move into the other state where things are then more altered right not not possible and so if you're here and you're listening I want you to pay attention that when you wake up, do you recognize color from your dream?
6: Amelia, it's Jackie. Can I ask you something?
1: Hey Jackie, yes, 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 yes. Please come into this company. First of all, have you seen Sandman? No, I I actually haven't watched telly in a few years. So, but I will now that I've heard you speak about it, I, I will make a point of watching it. So thank you for the recommendation. So,
6: I always say I don't
1: dream, but obviously I do, I just don't remember them. So, you as a behaviorist, is that something that has, um, is a behavior within me? Yes.
6: Uh, yes.
1: And is there yep. some way that I can unblock that so I do remember dreams? Yes. That's my question. Yeah, Thank you, it's Amelia. It's a great question. First of all, I, I, every time you speak, it's so sexy. I just love. I love your voice. I love. <laughs> I love your voice. So first, you and, can you can hire me for voiceover. Oh my Amelia. god! Yes. If I yes, if I could just put you in my head to make my mouth work that way, that would be fantastic. So first and foremost, the reason people don't remember their dreams is because of fear. It's rooted in fear. So the if you think about it as if it was two worlds, it's really not. But just to, for visualize. There's a subconscious and then the conscious world, and then there's this line down the middle. And that line down the middle is the like the membrane between the two. When fear rules that membrane, even though it's not really a membrane, you will not pull the information from one to the other. That's why what Tara's saying, when you work with somebody who is a, a dream coach, right? They help you bring down that thickness of the membrane so that you can work with them to start pulling information from your subconscious to your conscious. Again, what Tara was talking about, people who are high empaths, even though it looks like they're awake, they're actually being able to access the subconscious and be highly sensitive to enter your vibration of subconscious to share the information that they're detecting. That is what like the um, John Edwards of the world and a lot, that's what they're doing is they have practiced that membrane of self and then they practice it on you. Because remember, time is a man-made thing for us to be able to relate to what's happening, right? And everything is energy. Everything is energy, everything has energy, everything around us has energy. And so developing the ability to tap into somebody else's energy and pull information from it is a very real thing. Now, most of us put up walls and blockers around that because it scares the shit out of us of thinking about somebody else in our own thoughts. We don't want that. We don't even want ourselves in our own thoughts and we put fear blockers, right? They're fear blockers. That's why when you're with an empath, some of them will say, you're so uptight, I can't read you, right? You're you're so blocked, I can't read you versus the practice of an empath is to remove blockers so they can feel. The problem with that is if they don't learn how to put themselves in a bubble, they feel everything and they actually can go mad. But that's my two cents as the outside perspective. Tara, I'll, I'll have you jump, because is your, this is your work that you do. So I'd love for you to answer Jackie's question as well about being able to access this state.
4: So are you talking about in the waking state, or are you talking about when you wake up, Jackie? sleeping. And then when you wake so this up, this is like going to the gym and training your muscles. So it takes a little bit of work, but so you can do something called lucid dreaming, which takes a little bit of practice and I can walk you guys through that, like on another segment, because that's a whole new segment, but the practicing of getting up and journaling that free association of what she's talking about is going to help you enter into a deeper stage four and five. And this is where we really pull out things like fear. Our nightmares are actually our gifts. They're allies to us. They teach us what we, need to lean into, what we need to explore so that we can grow and we can evolve. So Jackie, you can like reach out to me on a back channel and we can definitely like go deeper into that. We should have a whole new segment, Amelia, just on tools for doing this. No, and that's why I wanted to plant the
1: seed. I wanted to, I want people to watch the creative team who basically wrote uh, Sandman to see their interpretation of the relationship between dream and nightmare and death, right? Because those three are connected in how you identify with the role of those three characters. So I think a great practice is for you to free write what do you think the dream is? What is the role of dream? And then, what is the role of nightmare and what is the role of death? Because remember, every single person who's listening right now, those three things are not true for all of us the same way. Like, what I think a dream is is not what you think a dream is versus is Tara versus Sally. Like, we all think the dream has a different purpose, but understanding why you would allow or permit dream is part of you understanding where you have your own blockers. And so many people who say they cannot meditate, the reason why they can't meditate is that membrane area between conscious and subconscious scares them. And therefore they can't go into the state because they're fearful and you have to be able to understand fear. The way to understand fear is for you to define yourself what is the role of a nightmare? And what is the role of death? Interesting, right?
4: Oh, it's so good. And if you guys watch the series, like, Scott, I'm telling you, just bear with bear with it. Because I got George to bear with it. But once you go through it and you watch it again, you even find, like, even these little subtle things that I missed the first time, Amelia. But the best, like, the opening line is... Um, We begin in the waking world where humanity insists on calling it the real world as if dreaming had no effect on your choice that you make you immortals go about your work your loves your wars as if the waking world is all that matters but there's another life that awaits you when you close your eyes and you enter into this realm for i'm the king of dreams and nightmares And when the waking world leaves you wanting and weary, sleep brings you here to find freedom and adventure to face your fears and your fantasies in dreams and nightmares. I control or they will control and consume you. And that is the opening line and it is the best line ever because we wave all of this off as just some state of sleep where we're supposed to rest our body and yes there's a lot of mechanics in that for our body but there's so many hidden gifts yeah but here, all... here's
1: what we know about neuroscience right here's what we know right white paper and know is that all things of this journey lives in our subconscious our subconscious already knows who we're going to become absolutely and the way to become who you were designed to become is your ability to move through the blockers or the uncertainty or the uncomfortable. So in that opening statement of the show, that is part of where we suffer. All suffering lives in the ability or non-ability to accept what you is. got it. Right, and so this is this space, and the reason why I love it as a behaviorist is because I help people by mirroring for them their thought state to say, is your current thought state serving you? Because our thought state of how we started, it dies. It doesn't serve us forever. It serves us for a short period of time. Most relationships, how they start, must be re-engineered in order for growth. So if you've been in a relationship, even if it's like just a girlfriend or a boyfriend or a husband or a wife, how you started the relationship isn't where it should be now because you're not the same person you were six months ago, a year, three years, right? You must redefine the relationship as you grow but there's no way to re- to redefine anything outside of self until you understand for self, where are you at, right? And so this it's just a great conversation piece to open up. And I'm saying, if you have children, my daughter's 15-year-old view of this show was shocking, shocking of what she thinks all these characters mean because she's freer than I am. She's far more free because she's younger and has less jade ability going on. And she's more comfortable in her creative free state. I, at my core, fear what I cannot control. That's just something that I fight against every single day. I've got a million practices throughout my day, which is all about unwinding my ability to control. But that's just me for Amelia and Amelia's journey. Everybody's got their own shtick. And so it's interesting, right? So Randy has spent his career in the creative ability and he brings it to business. Now he went through this very interesting exercise of a new level of his creativity in writing this new book, which is fiction. That's even farther away than writing an autobiography or writing something that's more tangible. You're all the way on the other side of creating what doesn't exist. It does not it's it's fiction.
3: So before Randy grabs a mic, I'm gonna just go ahead we are past the bottom of the hour, so we're gonna do a quick room reset. But I, I will add though on the dreams is I've always heard that if you can't remember your dreams, you're either having too much fun or it's too much of a nightmare. And at times I think it also the conflict the reason you don't remember is sometimes it conflicts with your belief system and, and what you want to, to relate to it. So uh, and I think that the ba- best dreams come when you are in REM sleep. But the, the tip of uh, writing them down as soon as you wake up is fantastic because that's the only way I can ever remember dreams. So I know that Randy's had some really crazy vivid dreams lately, but we're not, we might not get into that. <laughs> <laughs> but with that said, I invite everybody to share. If you're watching, thank you for watching us. Uh, join us here on Clubhouse, certainly. And thank you for also watching us on Facebook, YouTube, and LinkedIn. Um, I did add the the link for the YouTube channel uh, onto the, 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 the comment section here on Clubhouse. So you can join us live there if you like, uh, to watch us, but by all means, share this video if you're watching on social media. And if you're just here, if you're not just, but if you're here with us on Clubhouse, thank you for being here. We invite you to share this room, hit that little box with the arrow on top. Make sure you share it, write something, something uh, nice, like, Hey, come join this room. Uh, great content, great great tips, great conversation, and share that out to the, your clubhouse hallway so that other people can join in the conversation as well. And of course, ping people in that you know could and should be here uh, because this benefits all of us, right? Who can't uh, appreciate uh, uh, analyzing your dream in a good way? So with that said, we invite you, of course, to also click the link above, uh, order the book on designinggenius.com. And we also invite you to check out the rubybook.info. As well, So you can check out Randy's uh, new upcoming book. So with that said, thank you again for joining us. Passing the mic back to you, Amelia. Ruby, with
2: the one that I made up out of nowhere.
3: (laughs) I know I
1: love that, right? It's just a dream. You had to go to a new place within you. Like Randy had to go to a new place in order to create Ruby. And I think it's interesting that Randy and Ruby sound so much the same to me.
2: Well, it's interesting. My character, Cynthia, uh, my daughter texted me, you are a male Cynthia. Ooh. She thought I was a male Cynthia. And you've read a lot of it. So you understand that I, and then Ruby is the wise one. Actually, Ruby is you. Ruby is Aaron Brokovich. Ruby is Leanne Tui. To me, Ruby is the wisdom gleaned from the people that I've been lucky enough to interview. So even though I created something that didn't exist, I created it very much based on a real experience. And for, I,
1: or your interpretation of the experience. Right,
2: right. My real interpretation. When I started the book, I don't, did I tell you that I, I, I was, I'm the only journalist that Cynthia Rhodes from Dirty Dancing has talked to in like 30 years. And I give her all the credit in the world. She played Penny Johnson in Dirty Dancing. I give her all the credit in the world for saying, I'm leaving this, I'm gonna raise my children and be a mother.
1: Remember, and, Michael Norrie is one of my dearest right, friends.
2: Right. And but Cynthia did agree to this. I wrote about her in my book and everything. She's such a good human being that she's inspired the original character of Cynthia. It's not her story. It's not hers. So I think the whole dreams and, and, and inspiration, because I am really, as you know, really open to inspiration. My sister, who's known me now 60 years, I was going bouncing from topic to topic as if this should surprise her. My sister Paula, the laid back one, oh. my sister Paula even said, do you ever stop?
1: No.
0: Well,
2: and I don't, no. and neither do you. We just, we don't ever stop. There's always a new thought, a new idea, a new way, a direction to go. There's always something new to go to. Now you people have opened up what, I thought I was sleeping and relaxing. and now there's a whole world going on for eight hours a night that is there. Because yep. I'm telling you, I, I dream some crazy fun, but some So crazy- here's
1: what I took about the book, right? And again, I, I have more of a literal take on things. So just forgive me, I'm working and I'm developing on myself every single day. Is that for Ruby to me represents the journey, of who we become from all of the influences around us as we create the story of our life, right? Each of these characters are little things that you learned and Ruby is the story of what impacted, right? Influenced, right? And you actually were able to retain your perspective of the lesson. Right. And so it's really interesting to me how far you can go in the creative process. Right. It's no different why I'm so attracted to Lord of the Rings or Avatar. Right. These people have an ability to create an entire world. That I don't know how to start that. And you did the same thing with Ruby. You took things that are sort of real and created a world.
2: Uh, but something happened, Amelia, and I don't know what it was. Um, the Ruby that I started five years ago with Cynthia would have been great for Hallmark. The Ruby I wrote has a whole lot more.
1: Oh There's my God! All yes.
2: these additional levels of and different things to connect, and I've had all my beta readers are reading it like two times. I can't tell you the number of people said I read it again, I read it again, I read it again. And it's a short book, so that's easy to do. But and, and and you, you just came up with a nuance that I didn't even see. I, I do give the reader a lot of opportunity to make their own choices on what they believe in. And I ask them to question yep. what they believe in. Yeah, which is, why which is they,
1: very is, interesting on that, right? Because Because there's a lot, to me, to me, to me, there's a lot of unanswered questions. As I, I read, I want to, Well, what about well, what about well, what happened? What is it like? I have a lot of questions as I'm reading, and even when I get to the end, I still am wondering. And you should. (laughs) Yes, and no, right? So it's again, it's it's like watching a movie that you know has to have another movie follow it because there's you you you're wondering about what happened, right? So the book to me feels very much like a sequel.
2: It, it's definitely set up. I mean, Mark Victor Hansen literally asked me in a meeting last week, Randy, have you started book two? Right,
1: yes, uh, and I, yes. And I, and I agree I'm
2: with Mark. Given the instruction to think about what would happen going forward with this same character. And, and I actually, we haven't talked about this yet. Uh, offline, we'll talk about where I'm going with book
1: well, two. So, so here's a, for people who are listening. One of my favorite things on Broadway is Wicked. And the reason why I love it is because finally somebody told the story from another point of view. Mm -hmm. So for those of you who don't know Wicked, Wicked is written from the perspective of the witch, right? And so instead of seeing the perspective of- um,
2: Dorothy, Dorothy Gale.
1: Yeah, Dorothy and how she saw The Wizard of Oz, it gives you the perspective from the other side. Now I found, I find that beyond fascinating, like beyond being, when, when somebody can take that other, and I can't think, so superhero movies have a tendency to do that, to say from the Joker's perspective versus Batman's perspective, right? Of like what's really going on. But I love the ability to really craft a staple story and then go into it from the other side.
2: Well, that's the way you and I choose to live our lives. And, and, and we choose to try to look at different perspectives. And when I'm, I'm using that word choose on purpose. We choose to do that. We choose to ask the question. We choose to listen to the answer and we choose to try to understand the answer. And I'm very proud of, and I think a lot of people in this room do that too. I, I believe a lot of people in this room are probably here because they've made that same choice and they wanna have that same level and degree of understanding. So I, I just, something happened when I was writing the book though, that was so spiritual and emotional and all of this stuff, Amelia just kept falling into place and it became a deeper, much more multi-layered book than a holiday book for Hallmark.
1: Yeah, Maximilian here says in the answer. back chat that oh, uh, The Simpsons also dove into nightmares and dreams. So you know that I will be Googling that uh, today. I want to be, I was like I said, I, I love that.
2: Did you say The Simpsons?
1: Yeah, that's what, yeah, in the back chat, it says uh, also The Simpsons, Simpsons episode, episode dove into both dreams and nightmares. I want to see that. Started-
2: can I tell you what movie, it, now this is gonna date me, what what movie I thought of when you first started talking about the characters represent different aspects of dreams. I thought about Xanadu.
1: Oh, Xanadu, yeah, oh yeah. Think
2: about Xanadu. Yeah, yeah. All of the sisters were yeah. different types of muses, so it reminded yeah. me of that. So then of course, where does my mind go? I'm there with Sandman the musical. That's what we've come up with. So Netflix, you if you're- Amelia and The I,
1: costumes the would family. be, the, sets, the set on, on this, the sets would be to die for, right? Mm-hmm. again, that's just me. I love the richness of costumes and sets. Like, I love all of that. If you can create a totally different space versus a lot of the Broadway shows that have very simple sets and you really need to use your, your imagination. I like the little helpers, right? That I actually, and again, the movie starts out very dark. Like I was like, okay, is this hell? Am I watching hell? Like I couldn't figure out what I was watching. Um, versus again, if you game, you have a better relationship of getting into a game. It takes me a few episodes before I realize where I'm at, but that's an Amelia issue, not anybody else's. But I love to open it up with questions. So questions, dreams, nightmares, what are the purposes, fears, uh, b- boundaries, blockers? Uh, chime in people. Let's see what you get to say, what you get to say.
2: Oh, no. Oh, wait now, but I have a word for you. You said it. I wrote it down. Hashtag jade ability. Jade ability. Oh, yeah. You said oh. You're, you're, you had more or your daughter had less jade ability than you. So I've now hashtagged that. Jade Yep. Aid ability. It's a new Amelia word. Please go forth and use it and enjoy it.
1: There you go. I'm working jade on my jade ability, though. I'm working on it. Hey, Amelia. It's
6: <laughs> Hello.
5: Sally. Hello. Hello, my love.
6: Hello. So
5: So I, first of all, I'm always looking for a good new show. So Sandman it is. I'm going to start watching. I'm so fascinated by dreams. So fascinated because I feel like, you know, a lot of us, I know it's not just me. As soon as we open our eyes, we grab our phone, right? See who's on Clubhouse or, you know, who texted us or who emailed or whatever it is. And I heard Jay Shetty once say, like as soon as you open your eyes to take just five minutes laying in bed, because that's when obviously your brain has kind of reset right from the night before, and that's the best time for you to remember your dreams. So don't touch anything. Don't turn lights on. Don't do anything, which is lay in bed for five minutes and think about what just happened. And that's when you could remember. I, I haven't actually tried that. You should.
4: You should.
5: But but is that does that make sense to some Tara is that is oh, that no, right? No, for, for, so yeah, so
1: there's two tools I want to I want to plant for you for people who are listening. One is a tool which is called Holosync, which is about uh, there's one for sleep and there's one for awake. And what it does is you start to listen to it about an hour and a half prior to your waking state. Now you you practice this fifteen minutes, then twenty minutes, then whatever. But what it does is it brings you through the tones from sleep to wake. My second thing is to be able to have, I keep a, a, a old fashioned voice recorder next to my bed because I find it easier to capture my thoughts by just hitting the recorder and talking randomly because the minute I touch my phone or touch paper or touch my tactical side rules. Right, and so yes, staying quiet, allowing yourself to come into the wake state, and share what it is that you think, feel, or remember. What color do you remember? What was? It were you? What just all of those random thoughts before you engage the habit of what you have as awake. Actually, with intention, build from sleep to wake in those 15 minutes with intentional practice. And yes, Jay Shetty speaks about it. Um, uh, A lot of the um, shamas talk about it, that the most important information of your entire day is the first 11 minutes. Tara, jump in here, I know this is your lane too.
4: Yeah, I was just gonna say those those are great, especially the sitting there. So the biggest problem is, is that we jump out of bed and what do we do? We roll over, we pick up our phones, you know, we go better day, we brush our teeth, we go chug back a cup of coffee, and then we forget. And so there's a lot of science behind this, like 90%, um, you forget 90% of your dreams. And that's why if you're really aligned and you're really, um, uh, deep woven into your intuition. You ever notice you go about your day and then all of a sudden at three o'clock in the afternoon, you'll remember your dream. So it's about grounding yourself. And so when Jay Shetty's talking about that, he's talking about slowing down. And so I never just jump out of bed. I sit and I almost put myself back to sleep, although I'm awake. And that's when you get the free association. That's when you find the messages. It's all of that. It's not jumping out of bed.
1: Well, that's what deja vu is. Right? People don't understand what deja vu is, right? Deja vu is showing you something that was in your subconscious, in your waking state. That's why you think you remember it, you think you've done it, but you're not really sure if you did it, right? It's deja vu, right? Which is the beginning of understanding how to pull information from what you thought versus remember, Again, I'm gonna go back to science and white paper. When athletes train, there is an enormous amount of evidence that athletes who know how to visualize, the brain actually thinks they did it. The brain believes it happened. Your brain does not detect actually doing versus intentional doing in that state that we're talking about. So think about how powerful you would be If you understood your craft, which if you want a designing genius tells you what your genius is, and then you practice that genius in both your waking and your sleeping hours to amplify your expertise in that craft.
4: Yeah, and imagine how,
1: so how yeah, and imagine how much you can yeah. pull
4: out because we dream four to seven different dreams a night. So that's a lot of information. And so once you use all the tools, which we've all used in designing genius and you align it with all of those instructions, my God, guys, your life is totally different.
5: Hey Tara or or Amelia, this is Sally again. Are there people that their expertise is
4: translating dreams? There is. I know a lot.
1: Well, Tara's, Tara, Tara, yes. So Tara is, is a dream interpreter. Um, Gelly, who ha- is soul's contract, actually tells you what your soul's contracts are. There's a lot of people whose specialty is in the dream state. But you got to remember, Sally, we quantified, we, meaning the business community, have quantified these people as woo-woo right? We moved them into your fucking crazy category. And we have not tapped into that resource because it scares formula-based people, people who are like one plus one is two. <laughs> and that's what it is. And that's how I relate. All of this outside of the box frightens them, right? And why does it frighten them? Because death frightens them.
5: Ooh, that's really good. Makes so much sense. Right? Yes.
1: Right. Because remember that's the process that has been told—not that's true. I'm making a distinction. You were sold that the process is awake and conscious, sleep or dream, and death. So people are actually afraid of their dreams because they think they're getting closer
6: to death.
4: Amen. interesting
6: I mean, right? Wild. This is, yeah. this is Jennifer yeah. speaking. Can I chime in really quickly? Yes, please. Oh, first of all, that was so profound what you just said. And then um, actually, like today, one of my um, portfolio companies, which is the Fitness Metaverse, and they did really well. Last year, they IPO and ICOed. They just announced they invested into a sleep tech company, even though they're like because it's about fitness, and a sleep tech, a breathing breathics um, g- company because I mean, even though they're you know very formulaic and talking about this equity investment and everything it's actually really well proven like we need to do i mean people need the sleep state the dream state to be able to function in the real world right so i just wanted to provide that as sort of like a a data point that's a laser, um, and, and, and i'm, I'm actively <laughs> Je, i think that's Jen, jennifer was that you who's talking jennifer Tang. Yeah. yeah i just joined um like about a minute ago sorry I, awesome so i am
1: yeah I, I am actively looking for a board position in technology that is going to go after the state, because I believe it is the gateway beyond the antiquated tools um, that we've been taught forever. Like, again, meditation, there's a lot, like Holosync. So Bob Harris, who was the inventor of Holosync, who's passed now, started on this journey 40 years ago, and he was literally beyond labeled crazy, right? About this state. Right, but if you if you if you work with shamans and a lot of that who really talk about the power that lives between conscious and subconscious, which again, as a behaviorist, I've lived in this world for so long, um, but I'm actually a seasoned CEO and business builder, right? So I'm definitely interested in that space because I believe that's the future. And what I'm trying to do with Corey and a lot of people who are in education is to squash this misnomer that's in our education, that it's pass or fail or black or white. this, This thinking that is so limited stifles our ability at a young age, which is so critical for us to fully develop in who we're supposed to be because we think we have to be in this, again, an A or an F or a pass or a fail. And that's not how humans are wired. We're not wired to be that. That's how robotics are wired, right? right or wrong we are wired to continually to create and to continually develop but we have old tools causing all kinds of problems but we have an opportunity with technology and some of our our visionary thinkers to open up the spaces of where we can bring such value in our self-awareness that lives in the self-conscious but that's just me
6: um, Amelia, this is Jennifer again. I literally, literally just like five minutes ago, just got off um my um panel. I came into this room to like decompress and get inspiration from you guys. Uh, I mean, I'm always like here whenever I can. Um, it's almost midnight in Hong Kong right now, by the way. But um, I I was on the on my panel. If you go to my Instagram stories, you'll see I was um, sorry. I was just speaking with the CIO of um uh, Microsoft India, and he was literally talking about how everyone is neglecting that aspect and yep. how we're we're yeah. all performing better when we're like educating and empowering ourselves to do so even when we're like sleeping subconscious you know listen, Jennifer,
1: I, i'm trying to bring behavior into the b2b space right i'm trying to say listen we need a people operating system not just a tactical system and people think i'm crazy and i'm like wait a minute If you're saying that people are our greatest asset, however, you're not providing the space and the support for people to develop within the business community, you're setting yourself up to fail because there's a gap between the executive tactical plan and the people plan. Well, we at Designing Genius specialize in human behavior as it relates to the operating system of
6: business. I'll make and you, we don't I'll make you these- the intro offline. I think you should definitely talk to Silent yes. for Thonics because they've, they've been working with um, um, Google all over Asia and everywhere. And literally it's like, p- people are like, oh my gosh, we have to like sleep. We're, we're not machines. We're not like, you know programmed right. to we're not machines. For
1: that's right. And the recovery process is critical, right? How we recover, which again is something that's not, Taught, how we recover dictates our ability to perform. So, if you can only, reco- so let's pretend there's a one to a five. If you only have the ability to recover to a level two, you only have the ability to impact to a level two. That's why your wearables are so important. HRV, right? Your ability, right, to strengthen those numbers to recover gives you the ability to achieve on the opposite end, right? And just like, your greatest weakness is your greatest strength, but they work together equally. You can't have a greatest strength without the same level of greatest weakness. Same thing too. If you don't have the ability to recover, you don't have the ability to perform. You will burn out. So, okay, I'm way into Super Mario and everybody else's uh, the social media show, but um, please, please, please comment, follow chime in with us onto our social medias, join our mailing list. We wanna be able to share more behaviors tools with you. Follow Randy, buy his book, follow Tony. Tara will do your dream. Please follow her. Tara, I'm gonna
2: start writing the stuff down. I don't know if you're up for this.